Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling Days and welcome to Wrestling Days Reviews. We are live over on the Wrestling Days Clips channel, the second channel uh, for this week's review of Raw. And uh, there's lots to go through. I think the overriding feeling was for me that this was um, a bit underwhelming. I think we've had a lot recently and we've been spoiled a lot. Uh, we've had some big moments, obviously the White Rabbit stuff. I mean, to be truthful, the White Rabbit stuff in recent times has actually distracted me from the show. So I've been watching the shows or trying to watch the shows, but a good chunk of the shows, I've, I've been like, you know, trying to work out White Rabbit things. To not have that to do now is nice, to be truthful. It's nice because it means we can focus on what's important, and that uh, is obviously the superstars that are in the ring and the stories that are being told. But I think equally, if we are going to give the show our full attention, I, I feel like it needs to be stronger than this. It needs to be more compelling than this. Like, there's so much stuff that we can do, and there's so many superstars that we can, like, use. I just feel like, I don't know, this, this felt solid but not spectacular. And, you know, look, you do need these shows from time to time. They help get you to where you're going. But uh, I kind of feel like if you're going to have these kinds of shows, which are solid but not spectacular, maybe we should have done them during the White Rabbit stuff. Like maybe when White Rabbit was happening and people's attention was being a bit diverted, maybe that's when we do these kinds of episodes and now everyone's back, full attention, watching the shows. If anything, really watching the shows because they're scanning in the background. Are there any QR codes? Is there anything like, you know, everyone's looking for every little detail, paying like total attention. I, I feel like this show was a bit underwhelming as a result of that. Like, I kind of feel that this could have this could have had a lot more to it. Maybe it was hindered by Triple H not being there. Maybe if Triple H had been there, the show might have been a little stronger. I don't know. This is what was booked. Um, we'll go through it, though. There was still some good stuff here, but um, I'm prepared for people to say this was one of the weaker episodes. But who knows? We'll have a look. We start strong. So we actually start with Lashley mid-sentence. So he's mid-sentence when we join him and uh, calling out uh, Brock Lesnar. So there's no Bobby coming to the ring or Bobby waiting with a mic. He is already talking when we go to the show. Very unusual. And uh, basically calling out Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar does come out, obviously gets a great reaction uh, from the fans. And so uh, we continue uh, into a big brawl. I've got a nice image actually on screen uh, where you can see Brock down on the commentary table. Commentary table is destroyed. Brock is down. There's about 20 or 30 people trying to hold Bobby back. Uh, this did a great job, actually, of making me more excited for this feud, for this match. I must admit, um, we were talking during the watch-along about how excited are we for this feud. And I was saying, I'm fairly excited for it. It's Brock. You know, every Brock match feels big. Bobby is legit. He is jacked. He is a big guy. So, you know, that's quite exciting. 
But um, I do agree that they've not really built this very well. Like, I, I don't know, like Bobby feels quite shallow as a character. Doesn't really feel like there's kind of much to explore. I mean, there's not really much to get excited about. I don't feel really any emotion towards Bobby. He's cool. He looks cool. He's a badass. That's about as far as it goes. Uh, this segment, though, just actually seeing these two behemoths colliding into each other and the damage that was caused as a result and the amount of people needed to try and separate them. Still cool, isn't it? It's still cool. It's still great seeing two guys of this size like wanting to get at each other. So, um, yeah, there's something quite primal about that. So even though, um, you know, I don't know that Bobby is the most captivating and even if he's not been booked very well, still excited for this. And this segment and certainly this kind of imagery that you can see definitely added to that. So this was a really good way, really great way to like start the show. Um, it, we were off to quite a hot start. And then we go to something that I don't know if this divides opinion or not. But for me personally, I'm not a big OC fan. I'm not a big fan of Gallows and Anderson. I don't I don't hate them. I just feel really cold about their matches. Like, I watched this one. It was all right. It was serviceable. That was about it, to be honest. I mean, there was nothing here that I was jumping up and down about. Um, it was a tag match. I did make the point, though, of, you know, they're trying to invest in the tag division. And these are the kind of matches that we need to be paying more attention to. Like, this is the tag teams being given some room to shine. You know, we complain at the lack of a tag division. Now they're trying to give us a tag division. I suppose we shouldn't complain. It's just Alpha Academy are a team that just, you know, get jobbed out a lot. And Good Brothers OC are just not a team I really care for. I know they've only just come back, but their last run was so underwhelming. Um, again, I'm sure they'll be booked better under Triple H, but for now, I'm just, yeah, I don't know. I think if you watch them in New Japan and you watch them in Impact and, you know, you followed Gallows and Anderson, I'm sure I'm sure you was into this. But it didn't it didn't really do it for me. I, I kind of feel like we went from a great open Bobby and Brock to a tag match that I just didn't care about. There was nothing, the, there's no feud or anything here. This is literally designed just to give the Good Brothers a victory. And that's what they got. So they got a win. And then, of course, unsurprisingly, we had Judgment Day uh, come out. So I don't know where Rhea is here. She's hiding. She was here, um, but she uh, seemingly is not in this screenshot. But she was there. Um, Bala came out um, and there was some good stuff. I mean, here he was like, oh, too sweet, too sweet. Yeah, that's not old. And uh, he was making fun of the too sweet. Damien Priest said it uh, was about to talk and the crowd started booing. And Damian Priest was like, oh, we stopped caring about you lot a long time ago. Uh, kind of ripped into uh, the crowds. Um, basically, this built towards OC against Judgment Day at Crown Jewel. It, I don't know that it was made official, to be honest. I don't know that we got as far as uh, to that being announced. There was uh, some people in our watch long saying that Gallows and Anderson, I think Anderson in particular, has got a match in New Japan on the same day as Crown Jewel. Well, obviously, that's a, a, an issue that's going to need to be resolved. I would think WWE would win um, and we'll get Anderson if they want him. 
If not, then he just won't be there. So uh, it won't be a case that we get the Good Brothers. Uh, as I said, I'm quite cold on them anyway, so I personally just don't care. Don't care if we have him out there or not. But what we did get is we got Dominic uh, against AJ Maid for later in the show. So Dominic, we we they kind of uh, flirted around the idea of OC Judgment Day at Crown Jewel. And then later in the show, AJ Styles against Dominic Mysterio. So at least we got something set up for later in the show out of this segment. Then we got a Seth promo. Uh, there's parts of this I really enjoyed because Seth was saying that he strategically tapped out at Extreme Rules. That wasn't a, you can't count that as a loss. That's not a loss. He strategically tapped out because less than 48 hours later, he was having a United States Championship match, which he won. And uh, he was having to like save himself for that. And so uh, he was here with a bright red suit um, and red glasses and his United States Championship around his waist. And as I said, I thought there was some decent stuff in this promo. Ali came out, and I'm down for this as well. I really like Mustafa Ali. I, um, I think his promos are really compelling, and uh, I've always been like a fan of his in-ring. So the problem is he's just always needed some kind of gimmick, some sort of angle, some reason to care about him. Give, give us something, you know? I always thought they could have leaned into his like Chicago cop past. Uh, I always thought there was maybe some up there, you know? How interesting that he used to be a police officer in Chicago. I feel like we can definitely get some out of that. I'm not saying let's make him the new big boss man, but I'm just saying I'm sure there's something we could do there, like him wanting to dish out justice in the WWE, something along those lines, you know? Um, we haven't. Uh, obviously, we went down the roads of the hacker and retribution and just a lot of awfulness. But um, either way, he came out. He was talking to Seth and basically said, look, I was next in line for the United States Championship. And I understand that things change, but I still want a shot and I'm going to be challenging you. Uh, Seth was obviously not very open to that. Uh, what with him being a heel he was kind of like, no, back of the queue. Do I look like Bobby? To the back of the queue you go. That was not the kind of thing that Mustafa Ali wanted to hear. And so these two got into a big brawl. And um, wow, Ali went hard into the ring post. Hard into the ring post. Made a horrible sound as he uh, crashed into that ring post. I actually thought legit he'd like done some real damage to his jaw because... Um, kind of like collides into it. I think he does get his arms up in time, but how much of the impact they took and how much of his impact the jaw, his jaw took, I really don't know. He went down and he was proper selling, man. He, he This was great selling if it was selling because it had me convinced that he had done some proper damage. So uh, this segment ends quite strong. So really like the Brock Bobby bit. Really like Seth promo with Mustafa Ali. So as I said, you know, there's a couple of things in here. After this, we uh, went into damage control against Bianca and Candice LeRae. Um, Bailey was on the outside. She was on commentary um, and she gets involved. Basically, she takes out Bianca. That means that Candice has to deal with Dakota and Io on her own. They do like this weird little move. I don't know how long they've been doing it, but 
they uh, both kind of hoist up Candice and then like chuck her, I think they chuck her backwards. And then that, that's how they get the pin. I must admit, I thought parts of this match were quite sloppy and slow. There's, there's something you see sometimes in wrestling where they're clearly going for a spot and they will like jog over to it or there'll be a little gallop over to it. It's like, right, here we go. And they go into it. It's like, I don't know really how to word it. It's as if they they know the next spot they want to do. And rather than like flowing into that spot and, and the match just like naturally gets there, it's kind of a bit like there's a pause and they're like, right, here we go. You ready? It's, 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 it is like that. It is literally like a pause. Like, you ready? You're ready for this spot. Yeah. And then into it we go. And there was just a lot of that in this match. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. Right. You ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Into this next spot we go. And it just, it didn't have that flow. It just didn't, I don't know. And there's a couple of moments where like, you know, damage controller in the corner. You've got EO and you've got Dakota in the corner. Um, Candice charging out. They had forever to get out the corner. And Candice like charges over. I always find Candice, her impacts are not very hard. When she goes against the ropes, it's like, boop, really like soft against the ropes. Boop. Uh, and then when she goes into the corner, like really, boop, really soft as well. I, I, like sometimes I just wanted to like really lay it in. It, it's as if they're all so scared of hurting each other. It's it's like it's like watching people have a wrestling match that just do not want to hurt the other person in the slightest. They're doing like whatever they can to just be as gentle and as nice and it's all as soft uh, as possible. And when they're going into moves, it even feels at times like they're doing a bit of a run up. It's like they're doing the flipping triple jump. Like, there's a moment where they're like, okay, you ready? Don't know. I know I sound really down on this match. And um, it, it was all right. I mean, look, it was all right. Uh, it's just, this is something that I see quite a bit that I wish would get tightened up, you know? When you see, like, some really good action and you see a match really flowing and you can't see any seams and it's all seamless and it just flows from one thing to another and they don't feel like spots in a proper match. In a proper match, the, the match just flows naturally and it's like things just happen because, well, look, we're over in the corner. Of course, we're going to go for a superplex. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're over in the corner. It's superplex time or we're in the center. Now we're going to go for a power slam, blue thunder bomb, death valley driver. I don't know. Whatever move we're going for, we're going for it because it feels like the right time to go for it. In this match, it felt like we were going for the moves because it was time for the moves. It's time for this spot now. Oh, now we do this spot. Now it's time for this spot. And to be honest, I think that is a reason or one of the reasons for me why damage control has just not felt like a brilliant faction and a brilliant call-up. I actually think this has been a bit of a misstep by Triple H because I think damage control had great potential when they first arrived and we saw Bailey and, oh my God, she's not alone. Here's EO. Here's Dakota. People love EO and Dakota. But I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is. I don't know if it's nerves. I don't know if they're just so scared of failing in front of the millions watching. I mean, it is a step up, isn't it? You know, you go from NXT to the main roster. I mean, it is. There is an adjustment that is needed. Everything is bigger on the main roster. 
you could kind of understand them being Dakota in particular. I've always thought has had, I could imagine her being backstage being proper. Oh my God. Do you know what I mean? Like we can do this. We can do, I can, I could imagine the nerves getting to her. Not so sure about EO to be honest. I'm not so sure about her, but yeah, I, maybe it's nerves. Maybe they're still getting used to it. I mean, all of these women are new to the main roster. Do you know what I mean? I mean, look at that. We've got Candice, we've got Dakota, we've got EO. All of them are new to the main roster. Maybe they just need to get into a groove, settle into a groove, find their way, get their rhythm going. But um, yeah, just another thing that I, oh, man, I'd love to just get it tightened because you know these women can kill it. You know that they're great. I know they're great. But uh, I just want to see him lay it in, man. Perhaps I've been spoiled by Gunther and Sheamus. Do you know what I mean? They've been uh, they've been laying it in, banger after banger after banger. Maybe I've just been sport by that, sport by Roman. Uh, and so it makes these matches just stand out a little bit. Uh, then we went backstage. Uh, we did see Kathy Kelly, actually. I don't remember seeing her last week. She might have been around, but uh, nice to see Kathy Kelly. She was talking to Riddle and then there was a commotion and we went over and Miz had fallen on a wet floor and uh, grabbed uh, a hold of his knee. And uh, he was like, oh, my God, I've tore my ACL, my MCL, my MCU, like everything has been torn. Uh, and he was in a lot of pain and he was really selling this. And I think we were all concerned. There was a lot of emotions going around here for The Miz. And um, yeah, what does that mean for Miz against Dexter Loomis? So uh, that was in the balance. Uh, then we went to uh, Cora Jade, who was backstage with Judgment Day. Finn Balor came over and went, I trust you've got this to Rhea. And she was like, yeah, 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 I've got it. And uh, basically, Cora Jade recruits, no no fuss, really, uh, recruits Rhea Ripley. She was like, look, Roxanne has gone and got Raquel. I can't think of anyone more vicious that I want uh, for tomorrow than you. And so she recruited Rhea Ripley. And uh, Rhea Ripley was like, yeah, fine. Like, seemed fine with it. I really thought she was going to be like, you want me to work on a Tuesday? <laughs> Currently, I've got Tuesday off and you want me to go to NXT and work on it? No, I'm all right, thanks. I've left them days behind me, yeah? I mean, I've got a soft spot for NXT, but I'm going to the cinema tomorrow, so. But there was none of that. She said yes, and that was it. Done. Lovely. No, no nonsense, no bother. Then we moved on to the next segment. And this next segment was JBL. And he was brilliant. He was so good. He was so good on the microphone. Like, I would imagine some of the other heels really took notice because he came out and he was like, I just really want to take a, a moment. And you knew that there was a swerve coming, but it was, oh, it was like, I really want to take a moment to apologize. And even though you still knew the swerve was coming, just the journey that we went on, a very short journey. It was a short walk, but it was a fun walk all the same. You know, I just want to take a moment. Oh yeah, he's going to lay into them. To apologize. To apologize? What? Where are we going? For doing this in Oklahoma. <laughs> there it is. There it is. So he apologized to everyone around the world that he was having to do this in Oklahoma. Then he starts laying into the local sports team. 
mad heat, easy work. But uh, man, he's so effortless with it. He's so effortless with it. But uh, laid into the local sports team and uh, basically announced the return of Baron Corbin. Now, I have just done a quick four or five minute video on this. This feels like it's probably the biggest news to come out of Raw, the fact that Baron Corbin's back. I don't think Baron Corbin, who's only been away for a few weeks, couple of months at, at the most, is massive news. But him being with JBL and JBL feeling like this is not a one-off, it, it didn't feel like JBL has brought him back and that's it. Like, I think we're going to be seeing JBL for a good few weeks, if not months, if not longer, going forwards. I think he is now connected with Baron Corbin. Um, what I said about this in that video, and feel free to check it out, of course, but what I said about this was kind of, again, you know, uh, he comes back with a theme that's a bit, mm, his time trying looks all right. He's got JBL with him, which is awesome. Ring gear is a bit, I said in the video, like it feels like some Hunter Hearst Helmsley, like threw away. Uh, it's a bit weird. Not the top so much, but the tights. It's got like sewn in panels down the side, beige panels. And I don't know, it was weird. Black and beige. It's a bit, bit weird ring gear. But uh, basically we go towards uh, a match. Now, what I will say is, uh, again, you know, this Raw, it has a good moment. For me, it has a bit of a down moment. It has a good moment, has a bit of a down moment. We bring back Baron Corbin, not in the way I was expecting, thought he would be in a sharp suit. Comes back wearing some kind of hand-me-downs from Hunter Hearst Helmsley. But then has a great match. Like, this match was really good. This match was way better than uh, it had any right to be because neither of these guys have got any momentum. This is the kind of match where you can see them both backstage saying, let's steal the show tonight. You know, Dolph, Dolph saying, let's do it. Let's remind the WWE universe of who we are. And uh, them going out there and just putting on a banger, man. I mean, it was a proper little wrestling match, proper little back and forth. Both guys trying to win. Very competitive. A um, little bit of drama in there as like a zigzag was hit and Corbin kicked out. This crowd, who were not a good crowd, they were very quiet, got really into this. And they were really animated. And uh, they were making some noise and like really getting into it. Fair play is what I'm going to say. Fair play. Corbin wins clean. Corbin wins clean. And I really like that. I love credible heels. I, I, I really have hated for the longest time heels. that and, and you have to have them. But WWE seemed for a long period of time to only book heels that cheated to win and outside interference. And what we weren't getting were credible heels that can get wins in the ring because they're good. Like, we, we weren't getting that. And I love seeing Gunther and Roman and uh, Corbin now, who are heels that can go in there and get victories and don't need outside interference because you can now work with that and build them and they can be future title challengers, champions, and they can be credible. Like, you can start thinking, like, oh, my God, what happens if we get, like, Corbin against Cody Rhodes if Corbin goes on a good little run now, you know? 
Think about Andre the Giant. He was billed as being undefeated. No one had slammed him. Of course, neither of those things were true, but um, that's how he was billed when he went into the WrestleMania main event with Hogan at WrestleMania 3. So good, credible uh, heels that don't need to cheat, I think are really important. And seeing Corbin get the clean win over Ziggler, I thought was actually really good. So credit, credit where it's due. Uh, I wanted to show this as well. I don't think I don't think this woman was uh, planted there. I think it was just a woman at the show, but of of a, of a show that had, to my knowledge, no Bray Wyatt kind of stuff on it at all. There was nothing on here that was Bray related. There might he might have popped. Well, I say that there w- there was a little look back at his segment from SmackDown, and that was it. There was no QR codes. There was no hidden messages. There was no. No interference from that mask either. I really thought there was going to be that. I thought the Uncle Howdy thing, if that's what it's called, I thought that would like make an appearance. Nope. Nope, it didn't. So you kind of look at all of that and go, wow, yeah, that's crazy that we're not doing anything for Bray. So in a show where there was just nothing, nothing in the background, I I mean, I I will be, if, if anything pops up, I will be stunned. Because I was really looking and paying attention, and so were you guys, and there was nothing. But uh, yeah, I did spot that woman, and she made me go, what? Look at her? But I think, honestly, I think she was just a fan. Because we would go back to JBL, and she would then be sat there, like, on a phone. And I don't think, I don't think she'd be doing that if she was planted. So yeah, I just wanted to show it, because she was probably the most interesting thing that we uh, saw from kind of that point of view. There was a moment later where there was a, a door and it felt a bit funhouse. And I was like, oh, my God, here we go. And then that turned out to be an advert for Halloween Havoc. So uh, that wasn't connected either. Uh, then we went back to the Miz. Now, this was a little story that ran throughout the show. You can see Byron Saxton talking to the Miz here. Miz was in a lot of pain. He was in a lot of pain. And um, seemingly there was just no way forward, no way for the match. Byron made a comment here. He was like, look, we've we've spoke to some people that say they saw you putting the water on the floor and that you tripped over. The only if we are going to be super analytical, right, that would suggest that the Miz decided to put water on the floor, trip over and actually cause himself an injury. Like that seemingly is the thought process that the Miz went through rather than just faking an injury, he seemingly tried to actually injure himself because Byron said, no one has mopped that floor since last night and people say they saw you putting water on the floor. So unless like he's faking the injury and then put water down to try and make it look like it was a wet floor, I suppose you could make the argument of that. But either way, I thought it was a bit like, we went further with this ruse than I was expecting. Uh, But uh, Johnny arrived anyway. Johnny said, oh my God, is that Dexter? And uh, that meant that the Miz jumped up. And uh, look, I mean, we just couldn't believe it. This was absolutely stunning. Byron was like, wow, you're healed. And Miz was like, "It, it must be my superior DNA, which is a great line, isn't it? In all fairness, a great line. So uh, thankfully, Miz has got superior DNA and was able to uh, recover in record time. So praise be. 
Uh, we moved on and then we got Amos, uh, Amos and MVP. They were backstage. Uh, basically, MVP said monsters aren't real, but giants are. We're building up towards Amos versus Braun Strowman. So uh, get excited. Uh, then we got Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes from uh, NXT. He was uh, backstage and he recruited... Uh, the OC. He needed them for tomorrow. Of course, NXT is going up against AEW uh, tomorrow. AEW moving to Tuesday. Uh, and so it's moved to Tuesday as a bit of a one-off. And uh, we are going to be uh, getting a title match with AEW. Well, WWE are stacking that show. We're going to be seeing Cora uh, Jade taking on... Uh, who was it now? Raquel, Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, Roxanne Perez is going to be taking on Rhea Ripley. Uh, we've got Schism, uh, taking on Cameron Grimes, and now, uh, the OC, they're going to be there, the Good Brothers. So, you know, we are getting some main roster stars onto NXT. Seemingly, they're worried about AEW going up against them. And so they should be because AEW have got Moxley against Hangman for the title. So, uh, and and I think also there's some big uh, like sports games happening as well. So, yeah, uh, they're trying to stack it as much as they can. But it does mean that tomorrow's shows should be interesting. So looking forward to those. Then we got to what many people are calling the main event and match of the year because it was Dominic Mysterio taking on AJ Styles. And uh, you can see that uh, Rhea grabs a hold of the leg of AJ. He then stumbles back. Dominic then rolls up AJ Styles to get the one, two, three. The victory. Dominic Mysterio is greater than AJ Styles. The debate is over. This debate has raged for centuries. There are cave paintings where people have pondered over who is the better wrestler. Is it Dominic Mysterio or is it AJ Styles? That pondering ended tonight as we found out that Dominic Mysterio is basically the GOAT. A lot of people are putting Dominic above Ric Flair right now. Um, and rightfully so. This is a big win in his young career. And uh, Dominic Mysterio, maybe thanks to a little assistance from Rhea Ripley, picks up the victory. So, yeah, that one left a few people uh, scratching their heads. But it's all good to build up the heat, isn't it? And Dominic Mysterio, in truth, is not bad in ring. And he's doing better on the microphone. He is so much better as a heel. Uh, <laughs> I actually don't hate this. I don't hate this. I think this might be designed to upset people and to get people angry. But truth be told, I think Dominic's doing really well in Judgment Day. So, hey, it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it was it was far from clean. Had it have been clean, oh my God. I think people's heads would have actually expo exploded, but Rhea Ripley getting a, a big assist. Then uh, we went backstage and uh, the people in the background were on the phones in case you are watching on YouTube thinking, oh, what's happening in the background? They were just chatting away. Maybe to Bray Wyatt, we don't know. But uh, yeah, we had uh, Johnny. This is weird. I feel like I criticize AEW because I feel like a few things that happen on Rampage or Dark or Elevation are not 
really reported on dynamite. And so you can feel like, hang on, what's going on here? Like, I've missed this. I think we had a, hang on, what's going on here? I've missed this moment on Raw because I remember last week Johnny saying, I don't know if it was Johnny or it was DX. I think I think it was Road Dog actually. Now I'm thinking about it. Said to the Miz, you must have, it was Sean. It was Sean. Sean Michaels said to Miz, I know Dexter. You must have done something in order for him to be coming after you like this. And Miz was like, I have done nothing. So I remember that. But now this week, we've got Johnny repeatedly saying, just tell the truth. Tell the truth. If you want this to stop, just tell the truth. Where's this? I have totally missed this. I have totally missed this. Where's this tell the truth stuff come from? I don't know where this tell the truth stuff has come from. It could have last week easily. Something could have happened. We had a QR code and things during that Miz segment. So. I'll put my hands up here, but this part of the story where we're now fixated on just tell the truth. Yeah, if you tell the truth, I'm sure this will go. That has passed me by. But uh, Johnny actually said it a couple of times tonight to uh, the Miz. Just tell the truth. And Miz is like, I'll deal with it. Right. So uh, the Miz uh, went out there basically and attacked Dexter from behind. Uh, Mitchell, who is a big supporter of uh, the channel, he made a good point. He was like, Dexter's not got a contract, but he's got entrance music and he's got like a Titan Tron. The chat did respond by saying, listen, if Dexter wants those things, you would be an idiot to argue with him. He's a psychopath, right? So that was a really good counter argument. But uh, either way, he had his entrance. He was making his way down. He gets attacked from behind by the Miz, skull crushing finale into a chair. And that was it, really. I mean, we didn't get the match. I'm sure the match is still on the way. But um, we would get another segment where Johnny was like, bad move. You should have just told the truth. So we'll have to see where this is leading. We'll have to see kind of what's going to come out of all of this. Then we got Bianca against uh, Bailey announced for next week. So uh, didn't say that was for the title, though. But of course, you know, Bailey attacked Bianca earlier in the show. And so uh, we're going to see that play out next week. Oh, my God. Okay. You want to talk about bad segments. And we've kind of touched on a few things that I thought were off. But I don't know if there was anything that was really bad, bad on the show so far. Just things that are like, I wish that was uh, things that I found frustrating. Things that I found frustrating is how I would word some of the segments. This was just bad. This was just straight bad. Right. Elias came back. And I think if you're bringing Elias back, I need a new coat of paint on him. Yeah, I need something to get my teeth into. We know what Elias was like before. It ran its course for a long, long time. Elias goes to play a song. Someone interrupts. Yeah, that's the shtick. That's what you get from Elias. Uh, and so then they, so they looked at it and they were like, this has run its course. Let's change it. Let's do Ezekiel. Yeah, that was quite popular at the start. But Triple H has looked at that and gone. Not on my watch. And he's got rid of it. So now we go back to Elias. Okay, so we go back to Elias. But what are we getting from Elias? Is he a face? Is he a heel? Are they going to let him actually do a performance? Are we building towards a concert? Do you remember when he did like a, a, a concert? Was it at WrestleMania 34? He did a little gig thing. And he had like an EP come out and all this kind of stuff. Like, what are we doing with him? What are we doing with Elias? 
seemingly what we've done is we've brought him back and we're just going to do the exact same thing. So he went to start playing his song, got interrupted by Riddle, right? Riddle comes down and this is the, this is the worst thing for me, right? The worst thing is that we then go back to doing the song and Riddle has to sit cross-legged on the floor with some bongos, just kind of like, drumming along in a real smiley campfire awkward way that kind of was looked really cringe. He didn't like he kept tapping the bongo and then pointing at certain bits. He even pointed at one bit where I think he was expecting Elias to play a note. I don't know if you noticed this. Elias doesn't. And so Riddle's like goes back to playing like there was a bit of an awkwardness and the whole thing was just awkward. The whole thing was like, oh. we've got so many options and so many things that we can do with these superstars. We're, 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 this is what we're doing. This is how, it, like, this is like, I can only imagine that Vince McMahon wrote this and faxed it over for them to do. I can only imagine that because Triple H was at home with COVID, that Vince arrived halfway through the show, grabbed the headset, put the headset on, sat down in Gorilla and was like, God damn, right, get me Elias. Because <laughs> this was straight out of Vince's playbook, man. This is straight out of Vince's playbook. This could have been from any episode of Raw ever, right? It was just, yeah, not good, not good, not good. And I think this is the stuff that people were hoping had been left behind. But anyway, they start playing and then Seth interrupts and it is what it is, yeah. So uh, it's not the longest segment. It just, I really was, again, hoping for more. I was hoping for something different, fresh coat of paint on Elias, but it wasn't to be. We then uh, get to our main event of the evening and uh, basically um, Elias upset that he had been interrupted. He uh, attacks Seth. Uh, the match continues, though. Seth goes uh, to the outside. He then attacks Elias and as Elias tries to then retaliate, uh, basically, he ends up knocking into Riddle. Riddle ends up being curb stomped. And this, uh, our main event for the United States Championship, ends with Seth getting the victory. So hopefully this is it for Seth and Riddle, to be honest, because I don't, I don't know. I mean, like it had its moments, but I think it's hard to follow a fight pit match. And... Because we've seen them face each other a few times, I wasn't like really desperate for this match. Um, you know, one of the things people wanted to do away with was rematches. And, you know, main event of Raw is a is a rematch from just last week. So kind of, I don't know. I see why we're doing it. It makes sense because Riddle beat Seth that he would be the first opponent. So I sort of get it. But then part of me thinks like, I don't know. A, a big part of me just thinks, is this really the best we could book for this week? Don't know. I really don't know. It's just not really. I was really just wasn't really feeling this show at all. Just wasn't really feeling it. Um, but there were still some good moments, and I like this at the end as well. To be honest, you know, uh, what we get is we get curb stomp to Riddle, curb stomp to Elias. Seth's about to like you know just keep beating everyone up. He's about to curb stomp Riddle onto the United States Championship. And that's when Mustafa Ali comes down, chases Seth into the crowd. And that was the end of Raw. That was it. That was this week's Raw. So uh, for me personally, like, as I said, 
not the strongest of shows. I'm not um I'm not like super down on it. I'm, I don't think this is like a two or a three or anything like that because we did get Corbin return and we did get a good Corbin match and we did get the Bobby uh, and Brock brawl at the start. And I like Mustafa Ali being involved uh, in this feud. Like I do like that as well. So, you know, we we got that. And then I'm sure there was a few other bits in here that I could find you know, that uh, were decent. But by and large, I just think that compared to some of the crazy weeks we've had recently, uh, this this feels like it was a, a step down. So that's my thoughts. Let's see what uh, you lot uh, thought about it. Let's jump over to the uh, chat. Big shout out to uh, everyone that is uh, joining us. Really cool to see so many people uh, jumping over to this second channel. As we said, this second channel uh, the Wrestling Days Clips channel. This is where the reviews will live going forward. Um, you missed the part that Gagano knows what The Miz has done from Dexter, said List of Jericho. Uh, yeah, I, I, I did not see that at all. I didn't see, uh, I, I have no idea where that's come from. So that that has passed me by. Uh, King of Huko Mundo said Triple H is the new old Vince McMahon. The Triple H honeymoon is over already, said King of uh, uh, Huko. I don't know that I would go that far. I, I feel like, I mean, maybe the honeymoon period is over, but I feel like this show was, I mean, just, just have to be honest, I feel like it was solid. It was all right. Yeah, I've seen way worse roars, but um, I think, yeah, I, I feel like the kind of crazy roars that we've been getting Perhaps, perhaps, as I said, perhaps you've just been spoiled. Perhaps you've just been spoiled. You put this Raw back in the Vince era and it's solid. It's fine. Do you know what I mean? Some actual good in-ring. Um, but in the Triple H era, then it probably feels like it's... It probably feels like this is one of his weaker ones, you know? Uh, but, but, but I missed it. Was there any theory on Raw? No, Austin Theory. No, no, Austin Theory, Kevin. No, and nothing to do with Bray either. Um, I think that was a letdown. I think that definitely hurt. It would have been nice to have just had something to have got our teeth into a little bit with Bray. I, I think if he's going to be on SmackDown on Friday, would have been really cool to have just had something to have got us like speculating, like, oh, what does that mean? You know, uh, we'll both like you, like we'll both see you on Friday or something like this. And then like, well, what does he mean by both? Is he talking about the mask and him? Is he going to have someone, a new, like someone by his side? Like, what does that mean? Um, but we didn't get anything like that. So, yeah, I think that was a bit of a miss. Austin said the raw was OK. There's definitely been worse. Uh, facts are he wasn't there and they went into autopilot, said Rick. Uh, John said, what was with those JBL uh, baggy pants? I don't know, man. That was crazy. Well, it feel, I, in that video I did on the other, uh, the main channel, I was like, it feels like they just reached into a box of suits and found one for him. I don't know. I don't know what it was. That was, they were baggy, wasn't they? I feel like you could have uh, got a few people into those uh, trousers, those pants. Those JBL pants. It was pretty crazy. Uh, Legend Killer, shout out to you, buds. Um, I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's jump over. We'll jump over quite quickly into this to get people's thoughts and see what you lot uh, thought. We had a few responses in. 
Seven uh, seemingly is what uh, you lot are looking to give it. Eight, eight. Uh, actually, a lot have gone with seven. Uh, I must admit my thoughts, I would be lower. I would be a bit lower. I think in the Triple H era, this one feels average at best. And so I'm probably more around the six two five six five kind of range. Uh, I'm kind of around there. So I'd be a little bit lower than that, but uh, seven uh, from you lot. And quite quite overwhelming as well. I mean, like a, a lot of responses for seven. Uh, right. Johnny Gagano and The Miz uh, is people's favorites. Uh, Cameron Grimes, Cora Jade in the main event. Rollins against Riddle was someone's favorite. Um, I don't have a favorite moment. Oh. But I've got a question, which might be dumb, but how are we going to book Randy Bray if Randy has moved on to Riddle and becomes a face? Uh, I, I don't know that Randy will be a face, to be honest. I've always thought that if he was going to turn on Riddle, he would be the heel. So I'm um, not it. I mean, I'm personally not expecting Randy to be a face. And how do we get Bray Randy? Well, <clears throat> the answer is we'll get it when we get it. I mean, I don't know that that's going to be a feud we get anytime soon. It could be that Randy Riddle is the plan for WrestleMania, and it could be that Bray goes after Randy after that point. So, yeah, um, we can get it, I'm sure, as long as Randy is able to come back. Obviously, we haven't seen him for quite a while. I think his injury is actually quite bad. Uh, so... Yeah, I'm thinking that he'll turn on Riddle if we do get him coming back. And then uh, they can have a feud and then Bray can pick up the pieces after. Uh, OC, JBL, Brock Lesnar, main event and JBL. Uh, Alexa Bliss, OMG. There was no Alexa Bliss. Uh, Bibby, brawling with Brock to start the show. Yep, that was great. Ali, OC. Elias, about to play the song with Riddle, but Seth interrupted. I was looking forward to Elias playing the piano, says uh, Hayden. Uh, Rhea and Dominic. Lashley and Brock fight. OC match. Rollins riddle match. Um, I guess that Elias was out to make a screwy finish. Hate it, though. United States title match. Okay, so that was what people enjoyed. It seemed like people really enjoyed uh, the main event. Uh, the whole Miz Dexter plot doesn't have much juice tonight, except I wonder what truth Johnny knows that Miz doesn't. Uh, Elias, boring Corbin, Rollins retaining, the fact they made Brock weak at the beginning, uh, Elias, Baron Corbin, Corbin wanted more of a change, no Loomis, Miz match, and JBL's baggy pants. Elias return sucked, didn't feel the Corbin get up, uh, non-solid show, Dolph Ziggler, NXT, 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 women's match, Dominic Mysterio, Baron Corbin, no Kevin Owens. So uh, it seems like seems like we're kind of around the same page, to be honest. Um, do you think Corbin JBL will be good for Corbin, says Austin? Yeah, I, well, it's not going to hurt him. I mean, I, I feel that Corbin needs kind of what he got tonight, actually. I think what he needed is he needed someone on commentary that was going to really be like swooning over him and really putting him over the way that JBL did. JBL's a Hall of Famer. If JBL says something, like, you listen. JBL calling Corbin the new wrestling god, sitting on commentary 
and really putting him over. You know, it's one thing for Corey Graves to do it, but if you've got JBL doing it, like, just adds a bit more credibility. And I think that um, his match really helped him because I thought his match was really, really good. I think his match with Dolph is one of the highlights of Raw tonight. And I really, yeah, I really liked it. Really liked it. I think the theme music, uh, I'd have to listen to it again, but it didn't grab me. Titan Tron, I thought was good. Ring, I think he should have wore a suit. I think they should have brought him back. And him look sharp and JBL look sharp and them look like a million dollars. Maybe show off a bit of money as well. You know, like Rolexes, like just dripping, just looking, you know, he's a wrestling god. Have him look like Flair. You know how Flair used to look amazing in suits, shades and just make them. I mean, not like with women on the arms, not anything like that. Just, oh, just have him look really sharp. Yeah. Should have done that and then could have built to a match for later in the show. And I think the ring attire, don't know, don't know. I mean, it, it, it isn't anything that's going to stop him being great. But um, you do look at it and think, is that iconic? Is that something that we're going to remember? I mean, in all fairness, JBL, his ring gear wasn't really iconic. But I think his white hat was do you know what I mean? Like his jacket and his white hat, like he had something that was iconic. You eat, you know, the towel, the jacket, the hat. Like that's JBL. Like what can you say for Corbin? I, I feel like Corbin could have really done with something, you know? I think he came out with a hat on, but didn't really feel like it was anything special. So I feel like actually, sadly, he's been away for a while and he's come back and I feel like there's a few things we need to tweak and just improve. But I think this is definitely a step in the right direction. Definitely. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Legend Killer said, I like the JBL promo. It was really good. Yeah. Uh, Rick said, I'm guessing JBL had baggy pants to hide knee braces. Kind of weird. Austin said, the wrestling gods. I never get tired of saying that. Uh, King Huko said AEW is going through TV time shortage, backstage drama, talent issues, and is under investigation and is still able to put out a good product. What is WWE's excuse to be putting out poop, says King Huko Mundo? Well, I, I think it would be debatable as to whether AEW are consistently putting out a, a good product or not. I mean... I feel that um, AEW's product has been a bit hit and miss, whereas WWE's has actually been fairly consistent. But I do think that tonight was one of their weaker shows. So is it a blip? We'll have to see. But uh, look at Extreme Rules, man. So that was a great show. Look at the buzz that was generated by Bray's return on SmackDown, you know? So I feel like WWE are in a, they're in a perfectly fine place. No, uh, no, no issue with where they are. And, and you do get shows like tonight. But um, yeah, hopefully this is just a blip rather than the norm, because um, I don't know, uh, expectations have uh, been driven to the point where I think by and large, a lot of people would have hoped for a bit more tonight. But hey, you lot gave it seven. And to be honest, that's it's not a bad score. Sevens in my book pretty good so uh austin said aew as i've been mayor this year it's had some good stuff 
But most of it's not been great, at least not consistently. Adam said AEW NXT tomorrow night. Yeah, we are going to be doing, uh, well, well, we'll do NXT because we do the review on a Tuesday and it's NXT on a Tuesday. But we will be watching AEW as well, trying to keep an eye on that. But it's going to be tricky, man. Yeah, I do not miss those days of trying to watch both shows. Uh, they're built in different ways, said uh, to heal. Uh, Brian Alvarez from Wrestling Observer has reported the whole 2023 schedule is going to be changed next year. Mm. Well, I, I'm interested to see what the schedule is going to be for the pay, premium live events. The, I was going to say pay-per-views. Premium live events. I haven't seen what's been reported yet, but to be honest, mixing it up, I think, is is right. I, I, I feel like it's got quite... Um, I think it's got quite stale. The only thing I would say is the big four you keep. Um, you could make an argument for Money in the Bank being its own show. And you've got to do the Saudi shows. So the other, th I don't really know how much more you can, what you can shake up. I mean, WrestleMania Backlash, Hell in a Cell, uh, Extreme Rules. I mean, like, I don't really know. Like, there's actually not tons that you can shake up unless you're really going to change things and, you know, the big four are being interrupted with. But I don't think they will. I mean, we've done the big four since the late 80s. I can't see WrestleMania, Rumble, SummerSlam, Survivor Series ever being touched. So, yeah, I'm interested to see what they do. Uh, Austin said both shows look good tomorrow. John said it is hard to keep eyes on Dynamite and NXT. I would get rid of December and March pay-per-views. They're just not needed, said uh, Austin. Jim said just say no to Saudi. Uh, AEW tomorrow because of the baseball uh, playoffs final series in its time slot on Wednesday. King said I have been a WWE fan since 1999. Um, only good thing this year, AEW, is when CM Punk came back. I'll admit that was epic, but other than that, it's been bad. Uh, Brandon said the kingdom has arrived. TNA AEW debut. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some big stuff tomorrow. You know, I, I, I'm to be honest, AEW wise, I'm only aware of uh, the the title match, the main title match. But uh, I'm sure they'll stack that show. I'm sure they'll stack that show. So, um, but, but right, I think we're done. I think we're kind of caught up to date with everything everyone said in the uh, chat. And there's uh, Austin screaming uh, wrestling gods. He's absolutely loving that. So, uh, right. Thanks a lot for watching, guys. Appreciate the support. We are back tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow uh, as we do AEW and we do... Uh, NXT, of course, uh, both shows, and uh, we'll be covering both of those. We will do an NXT review after on this channel. I don't know what we're doing Wednesday. I haven't planned anything. I really don't know. I'll have to give that some thought. Of course, uh, SmackDown is what everyone's looking at, and uh, that's going to be what everyone's going to be excited for. SmackDown coming up with uh, Bray, and uh, well, hopefully with Bray, and then, of course, UFC at the weekend, so... Appreciate the support, guys. Thanks a lot for watching. Hope you uh, enjoyed uh, this review and uh, enjoyed uh, tonight's show. And uh, hopefully I will see you again next time.
Bye for now.